Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and my awesome guest this time is Dr. Tyrone Smith Jr., Global Head of People Analytics and Insights at Udemy. Tyrone is responsible for designing and scaling Udemy's first ever people analytics function from the ground up. He leads the global people data and talent management strategy development while partnering with business leaders to drive strategic innovations and initiatives to include, but not limited to, employee sentiment, strategic workplace planning, talent selection, development and performance assessments, people and business metrics, people technology, and research. Tyrone, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the show today. Thanks for having me, Bill. Excited to be here. So beyond my wee introduction there, Tyrone, why don't you start by taking a minute or two and introducing yourself to our audience? Absolutely. One, thanks. I'm glad to be a part of the conversation today. Good day, everyone. For those that are listening, I am Dr. Tyrone Smith. Um, And really, just to give you a background on myself, I spent the last uh, five years in the area of people analytics, uh, managing various areas of talent management, people technology, as well as people analytics. Um, um, And also prior to my role um, with uh, Udemy, um, early part of my career, I spent, you know, some time in the accounting and finance realm, as well as IT. And being in, you know, people analytics definitely has a connection when you think about business strategy and people strategy to the business that threads through the entire um, employee life cycle. So, Excited to be in an ever-involving space um, as we look out into the future, as well as the future work, uh, enabling better uh, business practices while leveraging data uh, is important. So excited to engage in this discussion today. Okay, let's get into the questions. And today's a bit of a medley, actually, listeners. Um, So sometimes I like to focus on one particular topic with a guest. In this case today, I was doing my homework on Tyrone and uh, he shared a lot of interesting articles and he's been interviewed in different places over the course of the last 12 months or so. So actually the approach that I'm gonna to take today is to kind of uh, revisit some of the points that he's he shared with the world of work over the past year or so. Let's get going Tyrone by talking a little bit about offboarding and employer brand reputation management. Um, so in an article that you shared on hrexecutivenetwork.com, Uh, You said the following, uh, given the rising importance of an excellent internet presence when it comes to building and maintaining a positive reputation, both within an industry and outside of it, the incentive to leave a good impression on all employees, even those leaving, is certainly present. So I guess my question for you is, but what does that process look like? And is it truly important enough to justify the, the potentially steep time investment associated with leaving uh uh, employees who are going to leave the company with that good impression? Yeah, a great question. Uh, thanks for asking. Absolutely. Uh, to answer your question, uh, when you think about, you know, employer branding, um, the especially the employee experience and in the day that we're living in now, a lot of more our talent is looking for more flexibility around their work, understanding our organizational culture. And when you think about that experience that either current or your previous employees had, I think that's important to leave that, you know, good impression on anyone who walked through your doors. Um, As you can imagine, 
oftentimes people people might you know understand about your organization or your, the brand of the organization oftentimes through their network do colleagues or friends do family members and those you know positive referrals that strong net promoters store of an organization is critical to whether the term if someone wants to work there or not and also when you think about some of your rehires what if one left an organization, would they ever consider going back at some point later in their career journey? So definitely when it comes to uh, that employee experience, understanding your talent acquisition processes and pipelines, creating that strong impression um, throughout uh, the employee experience is critical at the minute the person, you know, enters the organization to at the moment they exit it. Uh, that experience should be seamless throughout that component while that employee is tenured. So definitely, I do think it's critical and it definitely fosters uh, a positive impact and impression that one will want to leave um, at point of exiting the organization. We'll be right back to this conversation after this very brief message from today's sponsoring partner. CoachUp is the leading global talent development platform that enables organizations to create a personalized, measurable and scalable coaching program for their entire workforce, regardless of department and seniority level. By doing so, organizations are able to reap a multitude of benefits, including increased employee engagement, higher levels of productivity, improved job performance and increased retention. Learn more at coachup.com carry that topic forward a little bit and and uh, and combine it with the the customer experience as well in, in fact i'd like to sort of uh, bring in another article um that, that you wrote in the last year and, and this one was on adopting customer experience approaches for employees and, and what the benefits of you know bringing those lessons over from the customer experience side uh, here's another quote directly from you to develop a thoughtful and effective employee experience look to customer journey maps for inspiration understand what works and how it can be applied to your workforce identify touch points your message and communication across them and try to alleviate pain points in the workflow the same way you would obstacles in a buyer's journey i love that makes a lot of sense tell me tell me about the lessons that organizations can learn from how they treat their customers is extremely important on both ends, you know, from the customer experience, but also, you know, your un- internal customers and stakeholders, which is your talent. Uh, when you think about the experience and the, the employee journey that's being created through that is understanding, you know, those touch points that one might be making along the way um, and, and embracing that flexibility um, when circumstances permit itself, as well as creating that customer brand journey along the way and how does that translate to certain values that connect to your organizational mission or you know value statement um are is the organization truly living out that um you know uh throughout the processes that whatever services or products one might be making but also does that also resonate with that employee and creating that experience as they think about how they guide through that experience and journey plan throughout the organization. Then building that, you know, future uh, proof. How do you sustain that um, and looking at this? What does that design look like? How does that connect to the business model um, to either attract or retain talent? You know, as we're in a growing competitive talent marketplace, 
What does that mean from your employer branding perspective to ensure that not only you're retaining the best and brightest talent, but also attracting? Talk a bit about hybrid work now, because it is a, a very important topic and it's uh, hybrid work has become the norm for many organizations over the last couple of years. Why do you think HR leaders, Tyrone, should encourage hybrid work and what, what are the benefits of doing so? This is an area that's constantly evolving, you know, as we still are in a pandemic. And when you uh, research is showing that more uh, individuals are seeking flexibility in how they were, you know, there was a survey um, in that write up that I, you know, quoted that, you know, 73% of my career uh, saw found it, you know, that in order to retain talent, the right talent, you know, at least, you know, part of the time, surprisingly, the idea of really connecting that to business and redesigning how that works. So this is a critical component as we move forward uh, in how we work. Um, there is going to be an element of hybrid and probably even an element of, you know, remote uh, employees uh, we're seeing want more flexibility and autonomy and how they work, where they work, you know, um, the type of work they're doing um, is important. And does it really connect to how they're looking to grow in their career? And how does that organization help support their development as well along the way? Okay, the next place I'd like to go on this medley journey with you today is uh, I've, I found a pretty interesting article on, on the Udemy uh, blog when I, when I was doing my homework ahead of this interview. And uh, it was it was on the top tactical skills that different professionals need in, in uh, 2022. And, and there was a section on uh, the, the top tactical skills that HR and TA pros uh, need. They included things like growing HR and talent development skills, online course creation, uh, uh, management training, instructional design, and so on. Can you um, can you share a little bit about why you and your team over at Udemy feel like there are there are five, maybe a couple more than five key skills that HR and T pros, TA pros, should develop this year? Yeah, from my perspective, and you know, from my independent thoughts on this, you know, some of the uh, five that was quoted uh, in that article that you uh, are referencing was to that point around, you know, human resource, leadership and management training, even thinking about instructional design or performance management. I think why that is critical is when you think about this new way of working, from my perspective, you know, even when it comes to uh, instructional design, traditional uh, training has changed where, you know, those in-person interactions or cohort models because of the pandemic and COVID, folks are not able to gather in maybe centralized locations. So how do you be more agile and adjust and adapt to that where you're providing various modalities and how training is delivered? You know, whether that model still remains, but also other areas, whether that's uh, through online learning, um, different modalities in hybrid learning, or that in-person cohort. Uh, learning, I think, is we're definitely going to see different phases and modalities of that. Performance management, when you think of that um, and how you're managing talent, you know, in this hybrid or remote workforce is a bit different than the traditional norm that many of us has experienced over the last decade, where that it was that in-person maybe 
interaction with the manager or your colleagues or your teams that you're working with. So how do you start to, one, tap into the interests of that employee, but also how do you perform as managed uh, the employee um, and is the employee uh, living up to, you know, the standards that the organization is looking for, but also in turn, uh, is the organization developing that employee? Are they being provided with professional development or learning and development opportunities to continue their growth and upskilling and things like that? Um, as it relates to human resources, the future of human resources is in an evolution of change right now as we speak. When you think about the digital wave, not that is new, but it's a new and uh, element that's being embraced um, into the HR function where we inter are integrating different technologies um, around AI or machine learning um, or things of that nature, or even digital processes and automation and how that impacts the employee as well as the workforce. I think that's a constant as evolution as we get more into this uh, digital uh, re-evolution of things um, from what we've seen over the last 10 to 20 years. Um, and it's that constant element of manager training as new leaders are growing in your organization or existing leaders uh, uh, reside in the organization, how are they keeping up with the change that's going on in the industry, but also across the organization to make employees feel valued and appreciated? Uh, within their organization. Okay, just a bit of a follow up there. I mean, you're you're a data guy. You're you're a people analytics expert, right? From from your experiences at, at Udemy, have have you and your team found that there are actually loads more possibilities in terms of, for example, me measuring the engagement levels and productivity of employees when they're remote? Uh, I don't know if you guys go into any forms of remote monitoring, um, or is is it actually easier to to be able to Get get a handle on the the levels of engagement and productivity of, of employees when they're at least sometimes uh, together with their managers. Yeah, great question. And you know, I wouldn't consider me an expert, and my rationale behind that is more so um, when one is an expert. To me, that that means that cuts off the aspect of learning. So I'm a constant learner, and I love learning new things. So I would say I'm a knowledge owner than expert because being an expert, and you know, I really don't even use the expert uh, term because of that is, is it, to me, that shows that you're not willing to learn further or learn from others. But in regards to your question um, around, you know, um, whether that's the return to, you know, work uh, aspect or the future work and how folks are working, definitely there are practices and programs um, that we're looking closely at, um, looking at in comparison benchmarking to industry around, you know, how to embrace or introduce uh, new programs to the workforce. Many of my peers um, in their organization were having discussions around this regularly on what does this look like, you know, for the future and what type of measurements, you know, could be put in place to monitor different things that might enact different people programs that might come about, you know, um, in this space as well um, throughout discussion that I've had also with my industry peers. And I would add, you know, it's more that term of, you know, looking forward in that mobility and, you know, understanding what does that look like for you and your organization and the talent that you're trying to attract and retain 
And does that align to your overall business strategy, goals, and mission? Okay. Um, I'm not entirely sure if I got if I got an answer there, though, Tyrone. Um, I, I, I guess I just want to recap with you then. Do, are there other um, new opportunities, different challenges when it comes to trying to gauge the engagement levels, the productivity levels of employees when they're in office sometimes versus when they're fully remote? There are definitely new opportunities of uh, how do you start to look at that in a sense of engagement and, you know, for uh, us particular, we're not 100% back in the office. So in that, in that aspect of things, um, measurement of in-office activities, you know, really hasn't, you know, taken place. And we're in those early stages of really, you know, defining that from my perspective. So as it relates to how to measure that going forward, I think there's definitely an element of measurement around this that many of my people analytic peers are discussing around what does this look like in this space and how do you start to measure productivity in a remote environment? Um, is there different objectives or key KPIs that you're bouncing up against that? How is that employee and manager engagement? You know, And there's also new tools uh, being introduced to the market to measure and understand and monitor how many touch points does a manager have uh, with either their direct report and or employees are having with their team members to understand that, you know, organizational network analysis and who are they connecting to and, you know, what what influences might they might have on them um, in the organization. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, okay. So I want to, I want to switch tack again in this medley interview today. Um, and, and I, I want to talk about um, the mobility gap a little bit. Here's another quote from you. Uh, this one is from Diversity Inc. Uh, and here it goes. According to recent research by Harvard Business Review, the difference in wages between POC workers and their white counterparts is approximately $220 billion dollars that's absolutely disgusting the, the disparity has, has a widespread effect on the broader poc community and helps perpetuate the intergenerational mobility gap that in turn denies families the ability to overcome poverty so the, my question for you here tyrone is what can hr pros and, and employers do to address that mobility gap to ensure that people of color, color have the same opportunities as other workers yeah, this is a great and prevailing question. And as we think about, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion, you know, and belonging, I think that's very important and how organizations are showing up in this. But it's not just showing up, you know, if there's an initiative or a diversity objective that an organization release, how are they monitoring and measuring the impact of that? And not just, you know, maybe reporting on the amount of, you know, uh, persons of color that they're attracting to the organization, but let's translate that to processes and systems. Is the organization processes and systems also fair and equitable for all? And, you know, is it mitigating or minimizing bias where those that may come from different uh, backgrounds or cultures of ethnicity still have the opportunity of those that may um, come from the majority where, you know, is that marginalized community and the organization still equitably treated fairly uh, in all aspects as it relates to pay, 
Um, is it, uh, are they paid fairly and equitable as, as you look at your performance management and promotion process? Are they being permitted the same opportunities as others? Um, even when you look at your learning and development, are they, you know, given those opportunities for progressing in their careers to obtain that desired skill set that they might need to be able to progress forward in the organization? So this is definitely an element, you know, when it comes to uh, equitable processes and belongings that is now taking pause and critical for organizations to get a really lens in how they're measuring this by in by enabling data and working with their diversity officer leader as well as you know their analytic team and other areas um, within the people or hr function to really see how to move the needle um in this area okay okay now then you and i uh, are both involved in different ways with the awesome organization uh, led by uh, the fantastic enrique called hacking hr i'm sure most of our listeners would have heard of hacking hr i'm, I'm one of the uh, chapter organizers of the of the toronto uh, events although you know haven't been any in-person events for a couple of years but hopefully 2022 will uh, will change all of that um, and and you're, you're you're a founding member of the hacking hr hr expert council tell me a bit about the the council and why you got involved absolutely this is actually something new that came about you know in the fall of 2021 last year um where the founder of, you know, Hacking HR, you know, found, you know, where a community of HR leaders and executives to connect, share ideas, be a sounding board to each other, but also share knowledge um, to the industry. And in my way and how I got involved, I'm very passionate about, you know, people, organizations, um, organizational behavior in HR. And really for me, that comes back to humanity. So this is my way of giving back to the field um, and also be that knowledge um, exchange amongst my peers and also being able to learn from their experiences and, you know, what they, you know, concurred in their organizations as well. So great community to connect with. If you guys haven't, you know, connected with, I think throughout the year, Hacking HR, you know, host various events, um, as well as, you know, in your local cities, as Bill mentioned, definitely an area to tap into to, you know, increase and elevate your knowledge and as staying post to what's going on in the industry um, is a it's a great resource. It is indeed uh, some if somewhere back in the feed for the HR chat pod listeners, um, you'll be able to find an interview that I did with Enrique Rubio. Uh, lovely chap. Uh, please do check that one out as well. Hey, Tyrone, we're almost out of time. Before we do wrap up for today, how can our listeners learn more about you, maybe connect with you through LinkedIn, email, perhaps you're all over TikTok. T tell us more. Yes. So if, definitely, if you like to find me, feel please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me under Tyrone Smith. Um, there, or if you would like to connect with me on my um, social or personal platform, feel free to follow me on Twitter. Um, that's um, dr underscore t smith. Um, those are two platforms, you know, that I use to share knowledge, um, primarily LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me on either two platforms. And Bill, this discussion has been great. Thank you for allowing me to contribute, and I hope those that are list out listening learn something from it today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I certainly have. And uh, that just leads me to say for today, 
Dr. Tyrone Smith Jr. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.